Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Uh, Jenks, you're sounding like Phil Mickelson to me today because mm-hmm. you said, I like every single game <laughs> on the slate today in baseball. Every single game? You're going to play them all? Well, I didn't say that, Chelsea. But here's the thing. There's only four games on the board. So it's not like yeah, there's... Yeah, it's a small slate. Yeah, it's a small slate. So if there were 10 games on the board, I'd be like, what's wrong with you, Phil? But here, yeah, it's a small slate. But I will say, I just have to decide which ones want to play. But yeah, I like the board a lot today. Only four games, and I was going down each and every game this morning doing my handicap. I was like, mm, I really like this side. Mm, I really like this side. So who knows? Maybe I'll get crazy. Got a lot of time to decide. About an hour and a half before best bets. I feel like that's almost like scoregami or like the stars aligning. Have yeah. you ever looked at a baseball slate and liked every single game? Because I know it's a small slate, so obviously the probability goes in your favor. Mm-hmm. But even on these days, like we have like Thursdays and stuff where there's not that many games. Have you ever liked every single game this much? Ooh, no, I don't think so. I don't know why. Just like, You know how it goes in spurts, and I always say that sometimes I don't yeah. like the board at all, and then sometimes I'm like, I really like it, I really like it. Just for some reason, over the past few days, I've really liked a lot of stuff, which I honestly think is is a good thing. And I think this is, if you're just getting into gambling, I think that's the way it should go. Because even though I know there's nights that you want action, you need it, and I totally get that, and you want to have some fun, put down some money on a parlay, sure. If you're going to gamble on a regular basis, then discipline is important, just like you need to have discipline with your unit size. You need to have discipline with games that you like versus games that you don't, just because there's a lot on the schedule, and there will be every night, because it's always some season in play, doesn't mean you necessarily have to bet it. So that's why sometimes I'm like, eh, not really crazy about anything. And sometimes I feel good about a lot of things. Well, it's like budgeting. Like, don't spend your money all on one thing if you have another event coming around the corner. It's like me and Halloween decorations. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to go crazy and buy a bunch of Halloween decorations, but I also want to spend a bunch of money on Christmas decorations. So I am saying (laughs) to myself, I don't want to blow all my money on a holiday that I only get, what, like a month run out of, as opposed to saving my money for a massive, huge, oversized Christmas tree. So it's similar. Oh, well, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, you gotta, you know what? What you have to do is, Chelsea, it's risk reward. So I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, so let's talk about the slate that Jenks loves so much as we examine a small but mighty slate in Major League Baseball today. And Jenks, normally we just go down the line, but before Mm -hmm. we get into it, there is one play that I really like a lot, and okay. I feel like we have been on the show together for long enough 
to where we can guess each other's bets. So you can look at the slate. There is one play I really like. I'm going to see if you can guess it. So, Jenks, which play do I love? Mm, Hold on. It's coming to me. It's a little hazy. What? Wait, hold on. Something's just coming to me. Was it your husband's birthday over the weekend? It was. Don't change the subject. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm one for one. These are just things that are coming through my mind. The second one is, wait, he's, I think he's a lefty. He's, I'm getting West. I'm getting something West. You were talking about Sedona. Is it Blake Snell, first five money line? Close. Very Ah. close. You got the correct game, but you didn't get the correct First five under. I'm going to go. Yep, second guess, nailed it. First five under, Giants and Padres. Blake Snell's been good to us here on the show, and so is Logan Webb. Like, these Mm -hmm. two guys have been our dudes. Uh, So, uh, let's rank your plays. So, we know that you like all the plays on the card, Mm -hmm. but pick your favorite, and let's go with that one first. Okay. Can you pick a favorite? You know what? This is going to surprise you. You like your children? I, I like the Mariners on the money line. Against the Astros today. Yeah, I really do. And I know Justin Verlander is going for the Astros. Luis Castillo is going for Seattle. And you're like, dude, you're fading Justin Verlander. If you want to take the Astros just as a value play, I get that. But here's the thing. I always say this. Look past the name for a second. In four starts this month, Justin Verlander has an ERA of 5.19. Pretty good sample size here. Of course, your sabotage factor is he comes out. Benches like Justin Verlander. But Luis Castillo has been, Luis Castillo is 14 and 7 with a 2.06 ERA. At home this season, 8 and 3, ERA of 2.52. Over the past week, the Seattle bullpen has been the second best in baseball. I see some projections where the Mariners should be more like minus 130, minus 135. And there's value on Seattle here. I like Seattle on the money line, minus 120, a lot. I think the first thing that I noticed about this game was that the Mariners are favorites in this one Mm -hmm. against Justin Verlander. I feel like it takes a lot for the Astros to be underdogs, and it takes a lot for Justin Verlander to be an underdog as well. So I feel like the books kind of know what's coming here. I think you see that price, and that should point you in the right direction. But let's talk about this game just for a second because it is a massive one for the Houston Astros. Over the weekend, while we were all watching football, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the Astros were doing the same because it felt like they were fighting tooth and nail with the Kansas City Royals. Right now, the Astros need to be winning games. And it feels like they're losing all these games to terrible teams. They just got swept by the Royals. So if you look at the standings, like this is a massive game uh, for both of these teams because the AL West is still very much up for grabs. And uh, this is the game that the Astros need to win. Uh, They're two and a half games back out of the Rangers and the Mariners three games back from the Rangers. So, Jenks, does this feel like a must-win for the Astros? Like, I know it's one game, and in baseball, each game doesn't mean quite as much, but it feels like a series where the Astros have to get their stuff together. Yeah, they do. And I don't know how you factor that into your handicap and you say, well, motivation will be there. But listen, the Mariners are are fighting for positioning as well, even though the Astros are Mm -hmm. maybe the more desperate team. And sometimes the numbers are the numbers. I'm not I'm not excited about fading Justin Verlander, but the more I look at it, the more I thought, I just think there's value here. I love the way Luis Castillo has been pitching. This is obviously a pitcher's ballpark. Mariners are at home. I'm going to stick with Seattle on the money line. I'm definitely playing this game. The question is, will I play all four games? 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But for the Astros, <laughs> it's also worth noting that if the season ended today, which it doesn't, Houston would have a half game lead over the Mariners for that final wild card spot in the American League. And I know everybody talks about once the postseason rolls around, the Astros are the team you don't want to face. But there's a chance that the Astros don't make the postseason. Like, yeah. how crazy would that be? Like, I know we have this, like, faith, which almost feels blind because they have been mm -hmm. such a staple in the postseason. But they really have to get stuff together if they want to even make the postseason and be the, quote, most dangerous team in October. All right, so let's look at the rest of the card. Let's start with the Diamondbacks and the Yankees. Arizona minus 130, New York plus 105, over under of seven and a half. Merrill Kelly gets the ball for the Snakes, 12 and 7, 337 ERA, facing Clark Smith, uh, who's 9 and 9 with a 465 ERA. So I'm going to try to guess your plays. Okay. I'm going to say you either like the Diamondbacks in the first five mm -hmm. or the over of seven and a half. I believe Merrill Kelly, Kelly splits are. Uh, pretty home favoring, like he's mm -hmm. better at home as opposed to on the road. Am I right here? Am I You're on the correct. right path? You are correct. I like the D-backs first five and D-backs first five money line actually cheaper than the full game, which I don't, well, actually I do understand because the Yankees bullpen is very, very good. That's the one area that is, if you look at the Yanks, the only positive that they have. D-backs first five money line only minus 120. And you mentioned Merrill Kelly struggles quite a bit on the road, but nails at home this season, five and four, but a 2.70 ERA. Clark Schmidt has not impressed me recently. And more than that, when you look at the Yankees' bats, it's just one thing I cannot help but fade. Against right-handed pitching, the worst team in the majors. This is also the superior split for the Arizona bats, 11th in Major League Baseball against guys like Schmidt. So I'm going to go D-backs first five Monday line. Again, pretty cheap, minus 120. Yeah, you don't have to sell me on fading the Yankees offense on basically a daily basis. Because if you look at the course of the season against everybody, like not just a single split, they have the second worst batting average as a team of any team in baseball. That's right. Worse than the Rockies, worse mm -hmm. than all those seller dweller teams. You see the Yankees who actually have a pretty high payroll. So, yeah, you don't have to sell me too hard on fading the Yankees against the Diamondbacks. Next up, we'll talk about the Padres and Giants. We know I like a play here. It's the first five under four. I feel like it is a steal. The fact that you get a four. When you're playing first five unders, the number matters so much because mm -hmm. usually when the total of this game is seven, you would expect a three and a half. But I've seen a four. So Ooh, it means I will be hitting the under four uh, because number one, Blake Snell has been flat out dominant. He's going to win the Cy Young. He mm -hmm. has not allowed uh, more than three earned runs since I think May. And then you need uh, Logan Webb to secure his end of the bargain. He's been nails at home and ERA um, in the two range. So I think that's the way to go. First five under between two offenses that have kind of struggled to get things going consistently. Oh, what is the number on that? I've seen three and a half. Do you have the juice on what under four would be? Because I like that quite it a bit. It was minus 120 when I was really? laying in bed this morning. So I thought that was too good of a number to pass up. Maybe yeah. it is too good of a number. Let's see what they have it at BetMGM. It is three and a half. Uh, it's minus 115 both ways. So let's see if we can find innings. Oh, and first five, does anybody else have this before I like talk my way through it? No, it's all good. We don't, we can find it during a commercial break or before the rest of the show. But if you can find a four at a palatable price, I'd lay the juice on that. Oh, it's minus 160 at bed MGM. We might have yeah. to go digging for that one. Ooh, okay. We'll go digging. That's it's a tough changed. One. All right.
Man, that was my laying in bed this morning, play of the day. And of course, the juices change. <laughs> oh, well, right. So I'll have to find another play. So let's try to look through the slate and find another winner. So next up, we've got the Rangers and the Angels. Texas minus 190. Uh, Angels plus 155. Total of nine. John Gray facing Patrick Sandoval. Jenks, I'm going to try to guess your play again. Okay. Rangers, first five on the run line. That is actually not correct. You're not going to believe it. Really? I'm going over nine. I'm going over uh, nine here. And I love this. I've seen a lot of projections. This should be an over game based on computer models. But John Gray has been really bad now recently. And, of course, you're worried, well, can the Angels hit the ball? Maybe they can't. That's the problem with the Angels because Mike Trout shut down for the season. Obviously, Shohei isn't playing. But John Gray, over four starts this month, ERA sitting at 8.56. Opponents are batting 355 against him. So the Angels are going to hit anyone. It's going to be John Gray. As for Patrick Sandoval, very solid on the road this year. 5 and 7, 3.81 ERA, but he has also struggled this month. ERA over five. We know the Rangers love hitting right handers. Second in baseball. Both of these bullpens rank in the bottom six overall in the majors. I'm going over nine in LA. Is there any reason you wouldn't take the Rangers on the run line in the first five? Like, that's been a trend we've seen all season long. I guess a lot of it hinges on Gray. trusting John Gray, which it feels like you don't really trust him I don't. if you're taking it over here. Um, but the Rangers throughout the season have been one of the best first five teams in all of baseball. The Angels are extremely hard to trust these days. Feels like, you know, a team that yeah. has nothing to play for. Uh, so I think that is the play that I saw, you know, when I first saw this game. Uh, of course, it would be pretty juicy. If the, the full game is minus 190, I would imagine you'd have to lay at least a half run in the first five. Sometimes those plays are tricky, but that's where my mind has led me. So, Jenks, now that my mm -hmm. best bet is off the table, mm -hmm. which direction shall I go? Shall I go Padres first five money line or should I look elsewhere? That's what I'm going to do. And also, if you look at first five numbers, and it doesn't matter the split, whether the Padres are at home or on the road, they are much better, significantly better than the Giants in the first five. Now, again, Logan Webb has been great out in San Francisco, but I always look at first five money lines like this. It doesn't always work out this way, but it's a low-scoring game. It's 1-1. It's 0-0. You get a push. So especially mm -hmm. to me, it, it's very simple. I know Webb is great, but you're getting a guy who's going to win the Cy Young at, what, minus 120 on the money line in the first five. There's just no way I can pass that up the way Blake Snell has been pitching. Yeah, and the way that the Giants' offense has been. Because mm -hmm. the Giants' offense has fallen off a cliff. Like, yeah. no longer are they a team to trust. They're one of the worst offenses in baseball over the last month. So I think that plays into it as well. But can't you see this happening? Like, Blake Snell gives up one run, and the the Giants will be up one nothing after five. Yeah. Like, the other day, didn't you play the Padres on the run line, and they won final score 2 nothing? Like, you won your bet, but it was very much a sweat against oh. who, the Rockies? Yeah, and it took Xander Bogart hitting a two-run home run in the bottom of the oh. night. So all that had to be was a single, and boom, the run line doesn't hit. So your point is well taken. But if you look again at first five, because we're talking about the first five here, that's generally when the Padres do their best work. I know it's – look, the number's the number for a reason. So I understand that there's certainly a reason why the Giants could pull this out because Webb is so good at home. But I'm going to stay on it for the most part. It's been a moneymaker for me. I'm going to take it. 
I'm either going to play that or continue digging. Like maybe I just separate Blake Snell from this and try mm -hmm. to play an earned runs prop. I would imagine it's one and a half, which is very low. Or I bet a strikeout is probably like eight and a half. So maybe that's a little too high. We will continue our quest for our best bets as the show progresses. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.